Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I'm so excited because we have another in-the-trenches type of interview. I call them in-the-trenches because these are the real people and real jobs running organizations that are either customer service, that's what they're all about as far as what their company does, or maybe they are so focused on service and that's what we have today. I'll get back to that in just a moment. But in the meantime, a couple of quick announcements. If you have an amazing story that you want to share or you have a question you want to ask me, you can do this on any of the social media channels. I am everywhere from Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you name it, I am there. If it's a question, use the hashtag AskShep and I'll answer the questions either right there or maybe on this show or maybe on my TV show, which is titled Be Amazing or Go Home. And that can be found on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, C-Suite TV. And we have now moved all the episodes to YouTube. Isn't that exciting? So you can see the entire first season and even a few of our second season at beamazing.tv. That's beamazing.tv. And I'd like to thank our sponsor, Mitel, powering connections for over 50 years. All right, let's jump into our interview today because we have Matthew, we like to call him Matt though, Barnett, who is the CEO and Papa Bear of Bonjuro. And you know what? I If you buy this guy a beer or two, he'll tell you all about Bonjuro. But you know what? He's over in Australia right now. It's about five or six in the morning. And he's taken our call. I don't know if you drink beer this early in the morning. How about root beer? It's got a little caffeine in it. That'll get you up. Matt, welcome to the show. <laughs> Shep, awesome to be here. So, and that accent, by the way, it's, I said, are you from Australia? And he says, no, I'm actually from the UK. But he's been, uh, I guess, indoctrinated into the country and the accent because his wife is from there. Yes? Exactly. Awesome. So real quick, um, we want to learn what Bonjuro does. So give us a quick overview. And then this is what intrigued me as far as the interview goes. You love building great products. And I'm going to read this straight from your bio. You love building great products, but it's only surpassed by your total commitment to building great businesses, business cultures. And this is the big one. Your goal is to be the next Zappos to be the most loved brand in the world. That is an amazing goal. That's what I want to talk about. But first, let's hear about Bonjuro. So Bonjuro is a layer that plugs into any CRM or mailing list that you use. And it's seven points on the customer journey. So new leads, new customers. Uh, what we say is that look, uh, rather than just sending out generic emails, it takes, uh, it takes a lot to send a little 30 second video, introduce yourselves, welcome a customer on board in person, uh, and this leads to much higher conversion rates, much higher engagement rates from customers. Stop and reach out to customers in person using video. And that's what we do. Yep. And I think what's cool about it is that, I mean, there's a number of great programs out there. Before we jumped on the show, I don't need to mention any of your competitors, or you even said they really aren't competitors because you focus on integrating into a CRM, customer relationship management uh, program, which uh, really, instead of sending emails you're sending campaigns with video, and, and I love that you do that because video is hot, hot, hot today. It's accepted. It's enjoyed. 
But let's go to what it takes to build a culture uh, that's focused on service and one that you hope will be the next Zappos. So first of all, why Zappos? Uh, I mean, exactly. Like, I'm a massive fan of, of internal and external culture, massive fan of brand. I just think... I just think there hasn't been another Zappos. I mean, you look at it, every book you, like everyone references Zappos today, 20 years later. Yeah, the amount of stories, like they're the only company that systematically delighted customers at the scale that kind of like defies belief. Um, yeah, the amount of power they got. Every story, you, you never read a bad review. Um, they just basically wrote the book on how to delight customers and how to delight like internal team and culture as well. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I'm a huge Tony Shea fan. Uh, I have been honored that he is not only in many of my books, but he's also endorsed a couple of them, which uh, uh, great story. One day I, I just took a chance. I found out what his email was and I emailed him. And on a Saturday afternoon, he sends me back a quote for my book. And actually I, I mailed it to him and gave him my email. And, he, he, and it's like, is this really Tony Shea? Yes, it is. I hope you have a great day. Smiley face. No, this can't be Tony Shea. No, really, it is. <laughs> so he's the real deal. But this is, this is amazing. They are an online company that puts their phone number on every page. And a big percentage of their, I mean, when I say big, like you wouldn't think that almost 20% of the um, orders that they take have a phone call connected to an online business. But that's how focused he is on making sure your customers are taken care of. Two things he's done recently. I don't know if you're aware of this, but number one, he said, our support department is open for any question you have about anything beyond our products. You want to you wanna know uh, where the best place to go to dinner? They're going to try to figure it out for you. <laughs> yeah. The second thing they've recently announced is that if you have two different size feet, they'll sell you two different sized shoes. And get this, if you have only one foot, you're an amputee, whatever, they'll sell you one shoe at half price of the pair. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty incredible. And, and at this point, just like everything they do, they go above and beyond and say, like, like you see, you think about Zavos, I, I don't think about, I don't think about shoes. I'm like, shoes are almost secondary. Like what you're buying is, it, like you're buying the culture, and you're, you're buying this. Yeah, the fact that you know that whatever happens, like they're, they're there for you and they will absolutely give you the best service, like possible, like hands down. Um, and by putting that above their product, like the, the product then just sells itself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So let's, oh, I'm going to ask you, where do you want to start? Because we're going to go two different directions and we're going to hit both of them. The first is culture. The second is how do you plan? What is your, what is your system and process to get you to be at Zappos level service. So where do you want to start? I would suggest we start with culture because I think- I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think, I think everything's going to start internally. And I also think, hey, for the kind of newer businesses out there, I think culture is something that, you know, we get to a certain size and we're like, oh, what's this thing called culture? We should probably look at this and, and write down our values. And I, I think it, it behooves you to start the other way and kind of but they, at day one or very early on try and work out what that is and what you want to build and just have some thought and process around that rather than accidentally discovering it, you know, five years down the line. So what's your best suggestion on how to start to create those values that build into your culture? So I, 
I think again, it depends on the stage of business, but let, let's just talk to the kind of the, the early starters here, I think, because this is where you do it. Is get your initial team together and do this between yourselves. Don't just sit in a lonely room as a, you know, as a CEO and kind of tell everyone what what what, what, your, what your new values are. Because if you started the company, and there might be five, ten, twenty of you, like between you, you've you've built the culture whether you like it or not. You know, like you will have hired people that fit with your team. Yeah, the ones that didn't fit probably aren't there anymore or won't be there in the long term. So get everyone together and just kind of sit around the room and say, like, what, what are we all about? What do we care about? And it, one of the things here is, is absolutely cut like any of the BS. Like, like, don't say the things that you think people want to hear. This, this never has to leave the room. Get down on paper what it is you really care about. And if you really care about making money, that's fine. That's, that's, part, that's part of your culture. Yeah, if mm-hmm. you care, if you care about you know burning oil, that's what you do. Then that that's fine. You know, but if you care about changing the world, well, what does that mean? Like, 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 like dig it. Like the devil here is in the details. You know, and to try and work out your genetic blueprint of that team that you have at the beginning. And I wouldn't get too hung up on on, on portraying these in in, in, you know, in the best possible you know, words and a, a, a communication. Yeah, you know, I'm not I'm not a wordsmith myself. Um, but we know what we're about. Um, get them up. The words that, that, that come to mind, you can evolve this over time. And then use that. And why should this straight away is because you should use this blueprint um, in two ways, like straight away. Number one, the way that you communicate to the external world. Whenever you communicate, you should look back at this, at this, um, at these early values and say, does it align with that? So if we're transparent, stop using, you know, all the big words, stop trying to fake it. Just just be honest about what it is you do. And look, anything you put out there and be like, is this honest? If it's not honest, we can't put it out. It actually makes it a lot simpler to make decisions because then again, you, know, you, you look at your values and it's very binary. If you say we can't do X and something goes out, and something you know, is a question in a board meeting that has that, that in it. If you can't do it, it's very simple. You just say no. Right. You don't have to think about it. You have to question it. It makes the decision-making process much, much easier, much stream, much more streamlined. That's cultural um, integrity. Exactly. Yeah. You're you're true to your culture is what is what I mean by that. Yeah. Very yeah. good. And if you've got and if you've got it down again, like and these are on the wall, much easier to do that. You know, decision fatigue. This helps you build businesses faster. You know, yeah. I would suggest as well. By the way, I mean, one of the first things you said is if your company is into uh, making money, then get it down. I don't think I don't think customers mind if you make money. As a matter of fact, I've seen plenty of value or mission statements that include we want to do this, this, and this, and make a profit while we're doing it. Because by the way, if we don't make a profit, we can't stay in business, so we can't provide you the service. And and raising prices is not always a fun thing to do. Charging a higher price may not be what you think is a fun thing to do, but if it's what you need to do to give the customer what they want and what they expect and what they hope for, customer's going to buy it if it's if there's a balance in value. Uh, of course, yeah. Like, and, and again, that I mean, look, I'm a huge fan of transparency. I think I think every culture should have that in there. Just just be just just be true to yourselves. I think there is a customer who will suit you. You know, yep. the culture thing. The culture thing helps you pick your right customers. You're like. Someone doesn't agree with your values, that's fine. They're not your customer. Go and find the customer who does agree with your values and you're away. You know? All right. So are you willing to say goodbye to a customer who doesn't agree to your values? Absolutely. 
we, yeah. we have fought, we have fired a number of customers over, over time. So um, I want to take a break in a moment in about 30 seconds. Can you give me an example of why you fired a customer, your favorite firing of a customer? Uh, it generally comes down to people who are quite rude um, and not good to my team. And we're very transparent, we're very open and we're very helpful. Anyone who does not reciprocate with that, I tell my team every day, I'm like, if someone's not a good person, let them go. And I'll bet that your people admire you for being willing to turn away money because your people are more important than that. The net benefit is is there. It's a no-brainer. Yep. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I want to know what you're going to do specifically in the whole customer service and experience world to be the Zappos, not just of your industry, but to your point, to be the most loved brand in the world. We're coming right back. We're talking with Matt Barnett of Bonjoro. Don't go away. Your world has had enough unknowns. It's time to take control of your future. In business, it's all about creating meaningful human connections. When circumstances are keeping us all at a distance, it's even more important to focus on making every interaction count. Well, Mitel Remote Working Solutions powers your connections from the inside out. So you have all the tools you need to have high performance moments with everyone in your network, whether it's in the next cubicle or a makeshift wildfire refugee in the next state. Cloud communications keeps everything at your fingertips so you and your teams can communicate and collaborate easily no matter what's happening. So are you ready to move forward to fortify your business communications? Get started with Mitel and you can reach them and learn more at mitel.com forward slash remote work. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Matt Barnett of Bonjoro, and we were talking about culture and what it takes to uh, create this amazing culture with values. And now we're going to move into what it takes to create just an amazing, blow-me-away, Zappos-level service and how to become the most loved brand in the world. I want to know every step of the way. And we're going to track you. We're going to have you back here in a year and see how much further progress you've made. Because I bet you make a lot of it. I can tell. All right. Well, I'll say one thing I think it all comes down to. And this is this idea of delight. So I think it's, a, it's an underutilized word. I, I think Zappos did this. Is they built a process. I'm not 100% sure how they've done it. I can, I can take some, some guesses. But they built a process where they just worked this idea of of surprise and delight into every single customer journey now alongside alongside that you have customer service excellence i think that's something that any company can get to um i don't think enough companies invest heavily in customers i think customer service is for a lot of for a lot of companies is a necessary part of operations whereas it's it's departmental not philosophical yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, so like, customer service should be your growth team, you know. This, these are the guys that that, that turn your customers into super fans, who then go and tell all their friends about you, and they all come in and they start and, and they buy more products. Um, whether you're B two B or B two C, it doesn't matter. Your, your support, your service center, is is your growth team. I mean, we we tend to frame it more as the customer success because support for us is still success. Uh, so, I mean, that I'm not going to go into too much because there's a lot of writing around how, how you get to that. I would just say 
philosophically think about it differently. It's not yeah. an operational center. So one line, and this is a huge takeaway. There's, a, I mean, it, at least for this part so far in the last two minutes, but I'll say this is one of the biggest takeaways today. And this is your line. And, and I see it this way as well. Customer service is your growth team. If you're going to call customer service a department, then maybe they should be renamed as the customer growth team. I love that. What a great concept. And uh, don't, so don't let that one fly by you. All right. Uh, you said surprise and delight. I want to, I'm going to, I don't know if we're going to agree on this one or not. So far, I've agreed with everything. <laughs> what do you consider surprise and delight? So I think it's doing unexpected positive things for customers. How do you do that That's, all the time? How do you scale that? So you put a process in place. So here's the thing. So you have a million customers, you have a thousand customers. Uh, now those customers are all starting relationships with your company at different points in time. And within those, they're hitting certain metrics and doing certain things. Now as a grouping, a lot of those customers are going to be going through very similar journeys. So if you're an e-commerce store, maybe they're coming on, they're doing a first purchase, you know, 70% come back and do a second purchase within three months, et cetera, et cetera. So, so you can start to map out how this customer journey works and depending on how big you are, you might have different customer journeys for different types of customers. Now, if you map that out, then you can see common points when it, it makes sense to, again, su surprise and delight, I can't think of a better word for it, um, to drop in a surprise in. And what you're trying to do here is just disrupt that, that flow and disrupt it in a way that makes customers smile and brings you back to top of mind and improves their, their life at that point. Now, if I like where you're going because I, I can't argue with this at this point. I want to, but I can't <laughs> because I think it's almost impossible to every single time you connect with somebody, surprise and delight, wow them. Now, but what we can do is we can be consistently and predictably above average. But if you bake into the process places as you're talking, it's in your process that here's a place where we can do something that will appear exceptional compared to others in our business or others in general business for that matter. I think that's what yeah. you're saying. Exactly. I mean, like at the simplest level, let's say you run a coffee shop. And boy, I, I think, I think, I think baristas like coffee shop, like the, the best ones. Like, so we have big coffee culture in Sydney. If they move coffee shop, you go with them. Like it's all about the individual. The best ones, every single one you go in, they remember your name, they know your order. And within, they, they talk to you for two minutes and they make you smile and they, they kind of get you going for the day. And that's, and that to me is, is great because what they're doing there is, is improving your life. However, if they bake in and say, look, when somebody comes in on the 83rd coffee they buy, we're going to give it them completely free or we're going to chuck in a, a sandwich. Like, again, something, something small, but it's as part of the process that happens at this point, which to me as a customer seems completely random and unexpected to the, because it's the, like, I'm not counting. But to them, it's part of the process. We know that if we do this, that customer's going to go, that has made my day. Or, they, or, maybe, or maybe there's a bit more flexibility. Maybe they're like around the 80th time, when the customer's looking like he's having a bad morning, that's the day we do it. And yeah, I like around. that. So there's a great restaurant uh, here in St. Louis, one of my very favorites. And they're so good that really they don't, you can't exceed the customer's expectations. It's impossible. Uh, yeah. the, the only, but why do people keep coming back? Because the expectations are set so high and they keep hitting them. Yeah. And so I kind of think that's what you're developing is, 
when the barrister or barista or whatever you want to call them has uh, remembers your name, that's that is you can do that in training, but there's a little bit of skill to that as well. I mean, there's a, a people are some people are more prone to that when they can engage you in conversation and make your day just with a smile and a few words. That is excellent. We can train and help our people and hire the right people that can do that. So I, I get it. So we're doing this. But there's got to be more than just being friendly and occasionally throwing in a cup of coffee for free. Well, so I think where this gets more difficult is when we start to move online. And mm. not only becomes more difficult, but it also becomes more rare. And therefore, the point I will get back to here is that that to me is a huge opportunity for anyone with an online business. So how do you do um, that? So this comes down to process again. And, 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 I, and I would argue it's much, it's actually easier to track, to track customer journeys online. Again, depending on how savvy your company is, as you, as you build and build, you mm -hmm. start to get into the minutiae and detail and work out what things happen. Now, ultimately, as businesses, what we are trying to do is uh, increase uh, the amount of, amount of money that a customer will spend with us over, over life. Yeah, it's what we call lifetime value. And that can come in many different ways. It can come from people repurchasing products. It can come from people upgrading subscriptions. It can come from people telling a hundred other people who then come in and pay money with you. Mm -hmm. Now, the way that you get that to increase is not about, let's forget lead conversion at the top of the funnel. Let's forget all, all the early sales stuff. What happens when, when the customer has been with you four months, five months, six months, 12 months? Um, it's not just about doing a smile at that point then. It's about, again, surprising them, delighting them, and engaging them. And this is this can be done with products. It can be done with postcards. It can be done with, I know, Buffer sends out socks. But it can be done with your team. I like socks. <laughs> I, I, love, like, I get socks. I'm like, I love socks. Like, I've seen companies who send out, like, personalized bobbleheads to customers, and it looks like them. And I'm like, okay, that's, like, this, these are things that are, like, funny, and you talk about it, and you go to social. But then go into the team side, and this comes back to the values part of it, and this is, as you said, hire the right people. And this is, this is hard, like highlight people for your values. This takes, this, this, is, this is the hardest thing as a company you can ever do. Um, but look at the things like, so like what Zapier does, and this is a good example, is their entire team, including this, Zapier are big now, um, uh, sorry, Zapier. Um, their CTO and CEO still get on support uh, like for a week every year. Right. And so right. they'll be there and, and like, you'll get a support message back and it's like, yeah, I'm the CEO. What, while you have me, do you want the company to do anything? And, and this is the kind of stuff people are like, this is not what I expected as you know, a small plan user with a, with a support request for something that's broken. And they do this and they do it in, they don't hit every customer. I mean, and they're huge, but they do it enough that these stories start to abound, that people hear about it and then it starts to become a thing. Zappos did this. Zappos did not buy flowers for every single customer. They're not these things for every single customer. They, they have, they have a, a high bar they set regardless, like offering, you know, different size shoes. But then they, but then within that, within that, they litter these opportunities and they empower their employees to go off script as well. Mm, they yes. employees, you've got a budget, like every customer that comes in, once they've spent, once they've purchased three boxes of shoes, or for every shoe box they purchase, we're going to give you $5. That, you, that it is up to you at your discretion to spend a lot on that user. So by the time the user's got 12 shoes, they're like, send a bunch of flowers or do this or X, Y, Z or donate to a charity for them 
or, or send the same pair of shoes or, or don't use it and then maybe put all that budget towards one customer who really needs it, someone who's struggling in, in the current economy. Do this enough and it starts to become part of the culture, the employees love it and people will start to talk. And those stories will start to form an echo chamber, which happened with Zappos, where suddenly everyone's like, oh, yeah, Zappos, the guys with all the stories of all the amazing stuff they've done. Right, right. Yeah. What, that's something we encourage our clients to do is to create your legends. And Zappos and Nordstrom, those, uh, and even to some degree, the Ritz-Carlton stories that you hear about, you know, when a child left their stuffed animal behind and they took pictures of the stuffed animal like lounging at the pool, getting ready for bed. And it's like, yeah, you're, yeah. He's on vacation. He'll be home soon. You know, it's like crazy stuff like that. Um, yeah, that word stuff. Crazy, call it strategies because it's they do it on purpose. It's very purposeful. They look for these opportunities. So you have obviously studied Zappos quite a bit. Uh, you, you've been to Vegas and seen and gone through the, their program? We haven't. So I oh, you've got to go, man. It's so amazing. You know, it, it really is. It really is a special place. Um, anyway, we are, we are out of time. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's hit the one thing question. What's the one thing you want to leave our, our people with today? I mean, Matt, we've talked about uh, culture. We've talked about some of the really cool ideas and you're, even though you're talking about other companies. This is what's in your head. This is what you're thinking about for your own company, Bonjoro. So uh, what's the one last thing you want to leave us with? Uh, it's just one of the values that we have, that we have very close to heart at our company. It's just a statement and it is automate processes, never relationships. Amen to that. Automate processes, as you say, we call it processes <laughs> and never relationships. Yeah, the balance between digital or automation and the human-to-human relationship, the best companies have figured out how to create that balance. Matt, this has been an awesome interview. Actually, I should say an amazing interview, which is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Thanks so much for being on the show. Awesome, Jack. Thanks for being here. (laughs) All right, everyone. That wraps it up another amazing interview. Uh, We'll have another one next week, so make sure you come back. And until that time... Shep Hyken here reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.